Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Peace and blessings, everybody. Peace and blessings. We're about to get started with our Bible class. Truth Hour. Today's lesson is stay under the blood, come out of her. Again, stay under the blood, come out of her. We are two days away from the Passover and three days away from the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We need to know what the Lord wants us to do. So we're going to start off with a prayer and we're going to get straight into our Bible lesson. We ask that you go get your Bibles, go get your pen and your paper and take notes for today's lesson on the Bible class truth hour. 10 seconds, guys. Five seconds. All right, it is time, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and say our prayer. Then we're going to get into the what we believe. Sister Key Israel, make sure you send me that what we believe so that after the prayer is done, then we can go ahead into it. I got it, Sister Key. Let's go ahead and face Jerusalem and get into our prayer. Father God, we come before you today, Father God, and we say thank you, Father God. Father God, give us peace of mind, Father God. Father God, those ills and those illnesses that we are dealing with, Father God those stressful things in our life, Father God, that we are dealing with, Father God. Help us to conquer those things with with faith, Father God. You said that if we have a faith of a mustard seed, that we can move mountains, Father God. We're asking you to help us to get that faith so we can move the mountains of marital problems that we have, the mountain of job-related problems that we have, the mountains of economic and financial problems that we have, Father God. You are the best knower, Father God. And we are in our learning stages, Father God. Reveal your word to us, Father God. Let us know what you want us to do and when you want us to do it, Father God. In the meantime, bless this lesson. Please edify those who are listening and watching. And and as we glorify you, we say thank you, Father God. In your son, Jesus, Yahshua name we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it is time to get into today's lesson. It is time for us to get into today's lesson. We're going to go ahead and bring on our YouTube family. We're going to go ahead and bring, and remember these lessons are on YouTube about 30 minutes after they are posted live. Remember, these are on on YouTube about 30 minutes after they are posted live. So we're going to get on YouTube in five, four, Three, two, one. We want to welcome YouTube to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. 
Now, YouTube listeners, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start that over one more time, brothers and sisters, because I need to make some space and some room in my phone. So we're gonna do like this, we're gonna edit, we're gonna delete all these old videos, and we're gonna give it a few seconds, brothers and sisters. Now we are ready to go live on YouTube. So let's try that one more time. Good evening, good evening, good evening, YouTube family. Peace and blessings to each and every one of you. I want to welcome you to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. This is your brother, Black Ice, host and minister of the Bible Class Truth Hour. Today's lesson is going to be called, Stay Under the Blood, Come Out of Her. We're going to deal with the purpose of the Passover and the purpose of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, some of you all may say, well, Brother Black Ice, I heard about the Passover. But what are you talking about? The Feast of Unleavened Bread. I, I don't know what that is, Brother Black Ice. You got to explain that to me and tell that to me. Well, brothers and sisters, we're going to go over that, too. So, Sister Key, um, send it to... Let's see if you got it. Send it to my other page inbox, the What We Believe, so we can get it in there. I want to have it on both. Okay, and I will, and I will send you an inbox there. There you go. I'm, I'm going to put here. Okay, got it. So where you see it says here, Sister Key, send it to that one. But anyway, brothers and sisters, the Truth Hour Bible Class is an online social media Bible-based ministry where we teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. Here's what we believe, number one. We believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute with those who want to use the name Yahshua or Esau or any variation of the name as it was translated from Hebrew, Aramaic, to Latin, to Greek, to English. We have no dispute with that. But because our listeners speak English and not those other languages, our name of choice that we use is Jesus because you speak English. Number two. We believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord, as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And we're going to deal with some of that tonight. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American, and those who were spread throughout the world through the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites. And all the Lord's statutes, laws, and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must keep the law to the best of our ability. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law. According to Leviticus, the 11th chapter, no pork, no shrimp, no lobster, no catfish, or anything that's deemed to be unpermissible as written in the book of Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Number eight. We believe that both the scripture or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be in 
Old Testament scholar or a New Testament Christian, you must be both. Isaiah 8 and 20. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. Well, what are you saying, Brother Black Ice? You don't go to church? Sure, we go to church. But we go to church on the day that the Lord commanded us to go, to keep holy, the day of the week that he told us to keep it holy, which is Saturday. Saturday starts Friday when the sun goes down, and it ends Saturday when the sun goes down. We can show you that in Genesis, the fifth chapter, when he divided the light from the darkness. And he said the evening and the morning were the first day. So evening comes first. But of course, we're living under the rule of the Gentile nations and they changed it. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. So what are you saying? You don't believe in God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Ghost. No, we do not believe in God, the Holy Ghost, because the Bible never mentions the Holy Ghost being a God. But it does mention the father and the son being a God. So they both share Godship. Well, what about the Holy Ghost? The Bible does say that the Holy Ghost bear record with the father and son in heaven. So the Holy Ghost has a very important and vital role also. We don't discount that. But he is not a part of the Godhead. Okay? We don't believe in the cross because the cross was a torture instrument that was used to kill people. So if Jesus was killed by a firing squad, because you know, during time, that was the death penalty. You just lined up, turned around, firing squad shot. Will we have little guns around our neck? If Jesus was hung by a rope in a noose, if that was the death penalty of his day, will we have a little rope around our neck? If Jesus was killed by hypodermic needle, because that's the death penalty today, it ain't the cross, it's hypodermic needle. If he was killed that way, would you have a little hypodermic needle wrapped around your neck? Well, what about if he was killed in an electric chair? Would you have an electric chair around your neck? You see how silly that sounds? But when it comes to the cross, we don't think about it that way. Well, our job here on the Bible Class Truth Hour is to make you think about things a little bit differently. We don't believe in the holidays that originated in the worship of, the, of other gods. So that includes Easter, Christmas, and New Year's. And any other uh, holiday that began with the origin of the worship of other gods. So go to your Google search engine and type in the God of Easter. You ain't gonna find Jesus. You're gonna find Ishtar. Which, where the, which is where the word Easter came from, brothers and sisters. So if it ain't got nothing to do with Jesus, we don't rock with it. These are all antichrists according to the Bible. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what race, color, or nationality. Revelation 7 and 9, brothers, at this time, if you have a head covering on, please remove it. Sisters, if you don't have a uh, head covering on, such as a scarf or anything like that, please at this time go get it to cover your heads because 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verse 3 through 6 says that any woman that's praying or prophesying or is in the midst of it, brothers and sisters, their head should be covered and the brothers should uncover their heads. So at this time, brothers and sisters, we thank you for tuning in. We're going to go ahead and get right to our lesson. From Egypt to America, stay under the blood, come out of her. Now, again, this time of the month, brothers and sisters, the Bible calls this month Abib. Okay, this is the beginning of months. 
Now, it's either at the end of March and the beginning of April. Again, this is the beginning of months. So some of you are probably thinking, well, what about January? January, brothers and sisters, is was originally the 11th month of the year. Well, how did you come to that conclusion? Well, the months, brothers and sisters, several of them were named after a number. So any word that begins with OCT means eight, like octagon and like octopus or October. No means nine. DEC means 10. Okay. So now we got eight, nine, and 10. So if December was originally 10, DEC, decimal point, rounding to the nearest 10th, DEC, decade, 10-year period, DEC, December, it represents 10. So January was originally the 11th month of the year, but because of the God Janus, the Roman God Janus, the God of doors, he had got one face facing backwards and one face facing forward. So the Romans changed the beginning of the year to the month of their God named Janus and named the month after him January. Look it up. I'm not telling you nothing that you can't look up for yourself. So again, the beginning of the years for God was always around the end of March and the beginning of uh, April. He called this month Abib. Now, depending on when the Passover falls, and we know that the Passover is this Thursday at sundown. And Friday begins the Feast of Unleavened Bread, brothers and sisters. So the purpose of the blood over the sides and the doorposts along with eating unleavened bread, both serve a significant meaning and a significant purpose for us in our lives today. So let us begin our lesson today. Stay under the blood, come out of her, from Egypt to America. Let's start our lesson with Exodus, the 12th chapter. Exodus, the 12th chapter. Turn your Bibles to Exodus, the 12th chapter. Now, as the children of Israel were being set free from Egypt by God, the blood became the requirement between life and death. What do you mean the blood became the requirement between life and death? Let's read Exodus 12, 1 through 3. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Now, what are they going to do with that lamb? Let's go down to verse 7 and read, what are they going to do with that lamb? And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. So not only are they gonna eat this lamb, but they're gonna take the blood and they're gonna put it on the sides of the door and over the door, right? Let's go, go down to verses 12 through 14. Exodus 12 through 14. The Lord says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will kill or smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. 
and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses wherein you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I kill or smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. So why do we keep the Passover? Because this is a memorial, brothers and sisters. And you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. So as long as you're having children, you have to keep the Passover. This is the word of God. I'm not making nothing up. This is nothing out of my own mind. Lord, how long shall we do this? In case you don't know what a generation is, <clears throat> let's ask another question. Lord, how long should we do this? You shall keep it, verse 14, you shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. So the question is, why we stop doing the Passover and we start doing Easter? Maybe because somebody has tricked you into believing that Easter had something to do with Jesus versus the fertility god Ishtar. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and continue reading, brothers and sisters. This is getting good already. We're going to go to Exodus, the 43rd chapter. Turn your Bibles to Exodus, the 43rd chapter. And we're going to read this. I'm sorry, it wasn't Exodus 43. Um, I'm sorry, we're still in Exodus 12. We're still in Exodus 12, and we're going to read verse 43. Exodus 12, verse 43. And we're going to go to verse 43 through 49. Now, the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread goes from an event to a requirement, brothers and sisters, and a feast day of the Lord. The law not only applies us to us biological Israelites, the biological children of, uh, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but any other nation that joins themselves unto us and say that they love Jesus Christ, and say that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, then they must do this just as the Israelites were commanded to do it. And let's find out what it is that they must do. Exodus 12, and we're going to go through 43 through 49. And it says, And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, This is an ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof, but every man's servant that is bought for money. When thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. So the Israelites had to be circumcised. The Gentiles and the strangers got to be circumcised too. Verse 45, a foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat thereof. In one house shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth out of the flesh abroad out of the house. Neither shall you break a bone thereof. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger, let me say this again, a non-Israelite, and when a stranger shall sojourn with you and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. 
and then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. So a lot of people wonder why Brother Bui at the Israel of God asks those men who were not circumcised not to take the Passover. This is why, brothers and sisters. And so it is important to be circumcised, although now we are in our 40s and in our 50s and some of us are in our 60s. It's important to be circumcised, brothers and sisters, because that is a commandment of the Lord. And it's okay. When I was born, my mother didn't circumcise my brother and I. I didn't get circumcised until I was 21 years old because my mother was taught that we were Gentiles. And this is what most Sunday preachers are preaching, that the African-American are Gentiles, brothers and sisters. But if you look at Genesis, the 10th chapter, the Gentiles are the Caucasians or the descendants of Japheth. Genesis chapter 10, verses two through five. So that's another lesson for another time. But brothers and sisters, we were commanded that if we're going to be followers of Jesus and we're going to say that we love him like we say we do, then men being circumcised was a part of the requirement. But let's keep reading. Now we got to go to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Always remember this chapter, Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, because see, these are God's holy days. Man has holidays, but God has holy days. Okay. The Lord confirms a word where there are two or more witnesses. So let's move to the book of Leviticus where we see a confirmation of both the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This teaches us that although you will see places in the New Testament where they say the Passover is for eight days, and if you type in Passover 2022, it will say it starts on Friday, uh february i'm sorry february friday april the 15th and it goes to april the 23rd something of that sort right but again man has knowledge but then god has knowledge and when both knowledges conflict we got to go with the knowledge of god so let's go to show you number one that there are two separate feast days or holy days brothers and sisters one is a memorial, one is a feast day, but they're two separate. They're not the same thing. Let's go to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, and verses 1 through 8. Leviticus 23. And we're going to go verses 1 through 8. If you want to know all the Lord's holy days, you got to read this. It says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. What's a holy convocation? That means that you're supposed to go to church. That's a holy gathering. It says, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocation. Even these are my feasts. So don't say that this is the Jews' feast, that this is Moses' feast. The Lord said, these are my feasts. Number three, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. There's your church again that you're supposed to do on a Sabbath day. 
You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So you can't say, oh, we live in America now. We don't have to do what our ancestors used to have to do when we were in the land of Israel. I'm gonna read it again. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all of your dwellings. Why did the Lord put this there? Because he wanted us to know and understand that you have an identity marker and your identity marker is this Sabbath day. So how do we know who you are? How does the world know who you are? Because you keep the Sabbath day. So no matter whether we are here in America, no matter whether we are in Jamaica, no matter whether we are in Dominican, no matter whether we are in Haiti or anywhere ships dropped us off, our identity marker of those who were followers of Jesus would be keeping the Sabbath day. Let's go to number four. These are the feast of the Lord, even holy gatherings, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. And the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. So that's listed first. So we got Passover. We're not dealing with nothing else right now, but the Passover. When is the Passover? On well, the 14th day of the first month at evening. And so, brothers and sisters, when you can locate the day of the Passover, because it's the 14th day of the first month, subtract 14 days from the Passover, and guess what you get? New Year's Day. God's New Year's Day is 14 days before the Passover. So Passover is coming up, brothers and sisters. So this is how we determine time, not according to man and what man say, but what according to what the Lord says. Let's continue reading. Let's go to verse 6. It says, and on the 15th day uh-oh, of the same month, is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So you got the Passover, which is one feast. And then you got the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is another feast, brothers and sisters. It says on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Unto the Lord, seven days you must eat unleavened bread. So what are we going to do? Starting Friday at sundown, we're not going to eat any bread that has leavening in it. Well, what's leavening, Brother Black Eyes? Well, don't you know when you bake bread and the bread rises? What do you put in that bread for the bread to rise? You put in leavening in the bread for the bread to rise. But Lord, why is it that you don't want us to eat any bread with leavening in it? That's the question. That's what we're going to deal with. And that's why it's called from Egypt to America, stay under the blood, but come out of her. Number eight. I'm sorry, number seven. And the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no silver our work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. And the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall do no silver our work therein. So the first day and the seventh day, of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which takes place after the Passover, it tells us not to do any work. And it took me a long time, brothers and sisters, to work this out on my job. But because I know when these days are coming, we got the calendar. 
I can put in for these days off in advance. So the reason why we're covering this with you in advance is so that if you haven't done it already, and if you can't do it this week, then make sure you prepare for the other feast days of the Lord. Start to inquire. When are these feast days? And how can I be in compliance with what the Lord commanded me to do? And brothers and sisters, when you ask, you shall receive. When you knock, the door shall open. And when you seek, you shall find. So now you can start putting in these days off of work because, hey, this is your holy day. This is your feast day to attend church or to attend Bible class. So let's go, brothers and sisters. This is getting good. We learning something. So what do we mean by stay under the blood? And what does this have to do with the Passover? Well, Jesus tell his disciples during the Passover to take the wine as a representative of his blood for the remission of sins. Now, Jesus kept the Passover, brothers and sisters. It says nothing about Jesus keeping Easter. Show me one place in the Bible where Jesus kept Easter. Easter was around long before Jesus came on the scene through Mary. But I can't read nowhere in the New Testament where Jesus kept Easter. So we used to wear a little chain with letters on it, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And we know for sure that Jesus would not have kept Easter because Easter is the celebration of the goddess of fertility. And in the Ten Commandments, it says, thou shall have no other gods beside me. That's what your egg and your rabbit, rabbit represents. The egg represents new life. The rabbit represents fertility. This is all a fertility celebration. So if we profess to be Christians or followers of Jesus, we don't want to do what the Gentiles do. We want to do what Jesus did. We want to take the Passover, not trade it in for Easter, brothers and sisters. So let's go to the book of Matthew, the 26th chapter, verses 26 through 28. Matthew 26, verses 26 through 28. And it reads, Matthew 26, verses 26 through 28. Am I frozen to everybody or just Sister Gloria? Matthew 26. Verses 26 through 28, and it reads, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. But this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So, brothers and sisters, the blood represents the remission of sin. When Jesus Jesus um, shed his blood for us, 
it was giving us a chance at salvation because the blood of bulls and goats and lambs that they were killing and sacrificing for sin, it couldn't make us perfect, as Hebrews, the 10th chapter says. So we needed a body that could come into this world. So Jesus came into this world and sacrificed himself for our sin. So when we stay under the blood, brothers and sisters, we remove ourselves from the lake of fire, which the Bible calls the second death. See, we all got to die in this body. And the Bible calls, says that some of us would be changed, but we still got to come out of this body. Okay. But when judgment is coming, when judgment is given, the reward of everlasting life or the reward of the lake of fire happens. But as long as we stay under the blood, we avoid that death. Just like the children of Israel, the ones who stayed under the blood that was over the doorposts and the sideposts, stayed away from death. What is the new covenant, brothers and sisters, of the New Testament that Jesus was speaking of? My blood, this is of a new covenant. What was he talking about? We're going to find out. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. What law was Jesus going to change? Remember, his blood is the key. The scripture, this scripture that we're about to go over right now is one of the most misinterpreted scriptures and chapters in the Bible, but we're going to straighten it out. The first thing I want you to do, class, is go back to your English class in high school. We were taught that when we, when we were reading a chapter, we need to establish a subject matter. So here in the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter, what we have to do first is establish a subject matter, okay? It says, for the law, at verse one, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things, so let's stop right there. We know that this subject matter in this chapter is dealing with the law. But now we gotta ask ourselves the question, which law? is this dealing with? So I want you to get a pen and a sheet of paper, and I'm gonna challenge each and every one of you all to write down every time I use the word sacrifice and every time I use the word offering. This is gonna see if you're really paying attention. So let's see what kind of law this is. It says, for the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of these things, this is Hebrews, the 10th chapter, can never with those sacrifices, that's one, which they offered, that's one, year by year continually make the comers there unto perfect. So we've had the word sacrifice one time and the word offering one time. Pay attention, because we're still talking about what kind of law is this? that this chapter is referring to. Let's go to verse two and see if we can find some of these words again. Write them down, how many? I'm gonna test you in a moment. Verse two, for then would they have ceased to be offered 
because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Well, wait a minute. What the blood of bulls and goats got to do with this law? This law was the law of animal sacrifice. But we ain't done yet. So keep your count. Verse five. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, talking about Jesus, he said, sacrifices and offering thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above when he said sacrifices and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you wouldest not, neither hadst thou pleasure therein, which is which are offered by the law. So we know that this law is talking about the law of animal sacrifice. But when you get Christians that don't understand this, they say, oh, Jesus came and replaced the law. So he did away with the law, but they never tell you what law he did away with. And so now today you think that we no longer have to abide by the law. We under grace. No, brothers and sisters. Because the Bible gives us a definition of what sin is. Again, the Bible gives us a definition of what sin is. And the Bible tells us that sin is the breaking of the law. So how can you still be sinning when Jesus did away with the law? Because we're under grace. That's the most misinterpreted, misunderstood one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the Bible, most misinterpreted scriptures in the Bible. That's specifically talking about animal sacrifice. Let's go to Genesis, the third chapter. When was animal sacrifice instituted, brothers and sisters? We got to ask that question. Now, some teach that animal sacrifice came into play through Moses. But I want to show you something. Even before Moses, brothers and sisters, we can read about animal sacrifice. Let's go to Genesis, the third chapter, verses 9 through 11. Genesis, the third chapter. Verses 9 through 11. And it read, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto Adam, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? So Adam had to talk to somebody and that person that he talked to was his wife. And his wife had to talk to somebody and that being that she talked to was Satan. And Satan informed her that she was naked. And she went and told her husband that he was naked. And let's see what Adam said. And the man said at verse 12, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. So in other words, the 
information that she got from Satan, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she gave to Adam, her husband, and he consumed that information. So he ate of that information. Now, let's go down to verses 16 through 17, because we got to get to this animal sacrifice. It says, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be unto thy husband, and he shall rule over you. And unto Adam, he said, because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat all the days of your life. So now they got punishment. But this is what I'm looking for. Let's go to verse 21 and find out what God did. Because remember, they made fig leaves to cover themselves. But let's see what God did to them, for them. At verse 21, Genesis 3 and 21. Unto Adam, also to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothed them. Where did he get the coats of skin from? He got the coats of skin from an animal. So this was the first time recorded that blood was shed for sin. So when sin happens, something got to die. And the Lord didn't want to kill Adam or Eve at this time. So he sacrificed an animal and the animal that he shed the blood of, he took the skin from that animal and clothed Adam and his wife Eve. Now I know some of y'all ain't never heard that before, but we reading it right out of the book. That's why we tell you to go get your Bible. Go get your Bible, brothers and sisters, because it's in here. It's just that we haven't picked it up and spent some time with it. Let's go to Romans, the book of Romans, the eighth chapter. The book of Romans, the eighth chapter, there is danger, brothers and sisters, when you remove yourself from under the blood. There is danger when you remove yourself from under the blood of Jesus. The protection comes when we are in alignment with the word. Under the blood, being in one spirit. Oh, I follow Jesus. Oh, I am under the blood. Are you keeping the Sabbath day? Are you keeping the Passover? Are you keeping the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Are you doing the things that he has required for us to do in order to be in the body of Christ? Now, I'm not judging nobody because many of us didn't know we were not taught. But because we're reading this word of God and we're sharing this information with you, then it is upon us, brothers and sisters to give you the information, and then from that point, it's up to you and it's between you and God. We're not here to judge. The word does that. We're here to teach and to share the word of God. Let's go to, book, to the book of Romans, the eighth chapter. He is real finna kill me because, you know, this is verses one through 18, Sister Key. One through, I'm sorry, one through 17. She was, back in the day, she used to say, Black eyes, you gonna read the whole chapter? Let's get the word out, y'all. Romans 8, verses 1 through 17. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. How are you in Christ Jesus? You're keeping this word. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit. So when you're walking after the word, you're walking after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life is in Jesus Christ has made me for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, what law is this talking about? The law of animal sacrifice. For what the law could not do, or for what the law of animal sacrifice could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemning sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit but they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against god for it is not subject to the law of god neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. That means that the word of God has to dwell in you, brothers and sisters. That spirit comes from you having that word inside of you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So you're gonna be made alive, brothers and sisters. Twice, when we're in this flesh and blood body, that dead spirit that you've been walking around with and you wonder why you've been so depressed, and so angry and so frustrated because that word of God has not been in you, but now that the word of God dwells in you, that spirit that dwells in you makes you come alive again. You don't get upset so quickly. You start looking at things with your spiritual eye. Oh, we know that that's not them. That's Satan who got a hold of them making them do the things that they do to me and say the things that they've been saying to me. That's a spirit, brothers and sisters. And when you are spiritually in tune, you can recognize spirit when you're confronted by it. So it says, he that raised up Christ at verse 11, from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. You're also going to be resurrected after you die. You're going to be quickened or made alive. That's going to be when you are born again, brothers and sisters. Verse 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we, but if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So who are the sons of God? Those of us, you and I, 
who are led by the word of God, we are the sons and the daughters of God. But what if we are not led by the word and we're led by the flesh? Then we are not sons and daughters of God. See, I want to make this thing plain to you because people have made this thing difficult for you to understand. You didn't know what spirit was and you couldn't explain what spirit was or what spirit is. Spirit is the word of God, brothers and sisters. That educates you, that enlightens you, brothers and sisters. And it allows you to ascend above the wiles of Satan. If I open this book like this, and I did it like this, it looks like wings, brothers and sisters, because this word allows you can, to contain a spirit that is above you cursing people out when you are angry, above having road rage, above getting revenge, because the word of God again says, if we forgive men their trespasses, then our father will forgive us our trespasses. But if we forgive men not their trespasses, then our father would not forgive us our trespasses. Everything deals with the word and the, his words are spirit and they're truth. So when you see the word spirit, brothers and sisters, you can replace that with the word. Just so you can get a clear understanding of what we're talking about. Verse 16, the spirit itself bear witness with our spirit. So the word of God bears witness with this thing that we have inside of us that was naturally deposited inside of us because the spirit of God dwells inside of you. But it is activated. It lays dormant until it is activated by the word of God. The spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ is so be that we suffer with him that when we may be also glorified together. So what is Jesus today? Jesus is God, brothers and sisters. What do you mean Jesus is God? Well, the Bible mentions a father and a son or the Father and the Word in John 1 and 1. But what titles do it give the Father? And what title do it give the Word? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So it calls the Word God. And so we know in the Godhead, there's two, the Father and the Son. So when he said, let us make man, and God said, let us make man, that was the Son talking to the Father, brothers and sisters in our image, after our likeness. So what happens when we become joint heirs with Christ? Then we become God as well. We become joint heirs with Jesus. We become a part of the Godhead. And that's why in the book of Psalms, when it says, God stand um, judge amongst the gods. And didn't Jesus also say, you are all gods, children of the most high God? Well, if Jesus called you and I God, then when I say that when we become joint heirs with Jesus, that we become God, then why is that a problem? I'm not saying nothing that Jesus didn't say himself. That's right. We will become immortal, brothers and sisters, because spirit don't die. And that's why God created a lake of fire for those fallen angels, because spirit don't die like flesh and blood bodies die. So God had to give us a body that we can live forever in. 
And that same body that Jesus had when he was resurrected, where the disciples could see him and know who he was, but he no longer contained a flesh and blood body, but it was the image of his flesh and blood body, but he was spirit. The same body that we're going to have, brothers and sisters. Oh, yeah. You're going to be, be able to recognize your wife and your mom and your dad, but they won't be your wife or your mom and your dad in the kingdom of God because those relationships were for this earth and procreation. We don't need those relationships in the, in the hereafter. Read it on your own. When they came up on Jesus and they talked to Jesus about these um, seven brothers that had this one woman and in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be? And Jesus said, you do error because in the resurrection, there is no marrying or given in marriage for they would be like the angels of God in heaven. So angels don't marry. Spirit beings don't marry. Oh, brothers and sisters, there's a lot of information coming out in this lesson tonight. So that's staying under the blood. But after we stay under the blood, then we got to come out of her because when the children of Israel Stayed under the blood. The next day, the Lord told them, you got to get up out of Egypt. You got to come out of her. And I'm saying to you, you got to come out of Egypt, brothers and sisters, that mentality, that America mentality, that Gentile mentality, that Easter mentality, that Christmas mentality, that New Year's Day mentality. You got to come out of all of that. That's what the Feast of Unleavened Bread represents. When they came out of Egypt, brothers and sisters, they didn't have enough time to bake their bread with the leavening in it. The Lord said, no, don't do that because the leavening represents sin. I just want you to get this and get up out of here. So for seven days, starting Friday at sundown, we will eat unleavened bread because that's the commandment of the Lord. And again, it's not the Jews feast. It's not Moses's feast. The Lord said, no, this belongs to you. Any of you who follow me and keep my word. But we've let the Romans and the Gentiles come and change the Lord's word to say that, hey, we don't need this no more. Well, who are you to tell me that we don't need God's word no more? Because remember, early on in the lesson, the Lord said, do this forever. Let me check my watch and see if forever has ended yet. No, my clock is still ticking. Forever ain't came yet. So let's talk about coming out of her. Let's go to Jeremiah, the 51st chapter. Jeremiah, the 51st chapter. Again, the point is that this day, the Feast of Eleven Bread, is the day after the Passover or the moment that you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you must start the process of leaving the customs of this world behind. Come out of her. Jeremiah 51, 42 through 45. Jeremiah 51, 42 through 45. Jeremiah 51. 42 through 45, and it reads, The sea is come up, 
upon Babylon. She is covered with the multitude of the ways thereof. Her cities are a desolation, a dry land, and a wilderness, and a land wherein no man dwelleth, neither does any son of man pass thereby. And I will punish Baal in ba uh, Babylon, and I will bring forth out of his mouth that which he has swallowed up. And the nations shall not flow together anymore unto him. Yeah, the walls of Babylon shall fall. Why are we talking about Babylon? Because where we live in today ain't nothing but a new creation of Babylon, brothers and sisters. See, in Babylon, they had Nimrod. In Egypt, they had Horus. And in these Gentile nations today, we got Easter and, and, and Christmas and all these things. It's all started with Babylon, brothers and sisters. Now, we like to point Egypt out because Egypt is a place that we've been taught about a little bit more and more familiar with, but it starts at Babylon. And anybody that picks up these folkways, these mores, these norms, and these traditions are all going back to where it started in Babylon, brothers and sisters. It says in verse 45, my people, go ye out of the midst of her and deliver ye every man his soul from the fierce anger of the Lord. The Lord is coming, brothers and sisters. And he's not coming to bring or make peace. He says, nay, no, uh-uh, I'm coming with a sword. Because I got to repay these nations for what they have done to my people. I got to repay these nations for how they have transgressed against me and caused my people to transgress against me. Let's go to the book of Revelations. Let's read a little bit more. We love Easter so much, brothers and sisters, that we have defended it against the word of God. We love Christmas so much that we have defended it against the word of God. Because see, Easter reminds you of your grandmama. I remember going over my grandmama's house during Easter and she would boil eggs and get some coloring dye. And she would go in her backyard and hide these eggs in her yard. And I would have to go and run around her yard and find these eggs. Oh my God, I had such a beautiful time. It reminds me of my grandmama who I love so much. And that's the way it is, brothers and sisters, with those of our people who when we go to them and we tell them that these things are antichrist or against God. They began to think about their grandmama. They be, began to thinking about their, their mama who has passed away and what wonderful time they had with their mom and their grandma this time of year, Easter and Christmas. Oh, I remember when I used to spend time. So when you are rejecting these days and asking them to reject these days, they're thinking that you're asking them to reject their grandma and reject their mom. Oh, they couldn't have lied to me. They just didn't know any better, brothers and sisters. But again, it's time to come out of her, brothers and sisters, these customs, these holidays, and go back to the Lord's feast days or holy days, brothers and sisters. If the holidays that we're celebrating today, the world celebrates today, had anything to do with Jesus, then why we got symbols of a Santa Claus? Why we don't have a symbol of Jesus? Why we got a symbol of an egg and a rabbit? Why we don't have a symbol of Jesus? Things that make you go, huh? 
It is time for us to come out of the mind of Egypt, out of the mind of Babylon, out of the mind of Rome, and out of the mind of America. Let's go to Revelation 18, 3 through 8. Revelations, the 18th chapter, verses 3 through 8. Revelations, the 18th chapter, verses 3 through 8. And it reads, for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are wax which rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sin, that you receive not her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven and God have remembered her iniquities. So the Lord is saying, hey, I know that it looks like they having a good time and this reminds you of some things, but now that you know that this is pagan, that these days are the celebration of these idol gods. Remember the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other God beside me, not the God of Easter, which is Ishtar, in another nation, she was called fertility. God was called Isis. In another nation, the fertility God was called Nefertiti. I'm sorry, um, Aphrodite. In another nation, the fertility God was called Venus. And today we call it Easter. The naked white woman with big breasts. Why did you say naked white woman with big breasts? Because when you click on images in your Google search engine and you type in the goddess of Easter, that's the image that's going to show up. And so just like last week when we covered Easter, we talked about where the hide and go seek come from. Where these Greeks and these Roman would take naked white women and told them to go hide while I count to 10. The woman carries the egg, the man carries the sperm. This was the time of fertility where they had sex orgies. So they would go Easter egg, the woman carries the egg. So if they catch the girl, then they can kiss the girl. They can have sex with the girl. They can fertilize. This is a perverted activity in which it comes from, brothers and sisters. We give it to our children today thinking that that is innocent and thinking that it's sweet because they got a rabbit attached to it now and an egg attached to it now. And they got these beautiful pink and, and lavender and, and light baby blue colors to it. This is how they tricked us, brothers and sisters. But let's go ahead and continue reading. Verse 6 through 8, Revelations 18, 6 through 8. Reward her even as she rewarded you and double unto her, double according to her works and the cup which she have filled, filled to her double. How much she have glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and I am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth, who judgeth her. So the Lord taking account of all of this stuff, brothers and sisters, and we don't wanna be partakers in her sins. So the more we know, the more we wanna come out of that mindset. 
Let's go to the book of Amos, <clears throat> the fifth chapter. Amos, the fifth, well, you know, we're going to skip over Amos, the fifth chapter for the sake of time. Let's go back to, let's see, Exodus, the 12th chapter. We're going to go back to Exodus, the 12th chapter. And we're going to read verses 15 through 17. Now, this feast, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, <clears throat> as we read in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, is an ordinance that the God ordained us to follow forever. Wherever we lived or wherever we would go. Exodus, the 12th chapter, verses 15 through 17. Exodus, the 12th chapter. <clears throat> Verses 15 through 17, and it reads, we got one more place after this, brothers and sisters. 12th chapter, verses 15 through 17. Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away the leavening out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day unto the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day, there shall be a holy convocation. And in the seventh day, there should be a holy convocation. So you got to go to church on the first day and you got to go to church on the seventh day. It says, no manner of work shall be done in them except that which every man must eat that only may be done of you. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread for in this selfsame day have I brought you, I'm sorry, have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, shall you observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. So when, will we, when were we supposed to stop doing this? It says this is an ordinance that therefore you shall observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. So somebody came along and lied to us and misinformed us. And told us, oh, you don't have to do that no more. That's the Old Testament. Brothers and sisters, they was trying to kill us by taking away our salvation. First John, the second chapter. If you love this world and its customs, I know that this might be a little bit harsh, but I have to say it. According to the word of God, you don't have you don't have the love of Jesus or God inside of you if you love the customs of this world, such as Easter and Christmas and New Year's Day and the various other holidays that originated in the worship of idol gods. Let's read what the, what the word said. This is in the New Testament. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. 1 John 2. 15 through 17, and it reads, love not the world. Well, wait a minute. I thought John, uh, what is it, 3 and 15 said, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. You got to put that in context, brothers and sisters, because God never loved this world. This is Satan's world. This is God's earth, but this is Satan's world. God never loved this world. He loved his people that were in the world. So here at 1 John, 
the second chapter, verses 15 through 17, it says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. But it said God so loved the world. Which world did he love so much? It's not the world that is. It's the world that is to come. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die in this world so that you and I can gain access to the world that is to come. What's that world to come? Well, Jesus talked about it in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, thy kingdom come. That kingdom that's coming, brothers and sisters, ushers in a new world. So he says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the, the will of God abideth forever. You mean to tell me that you and I, if we obey this word of God, keep his statutes, his laws <clears throat> and his commandments, that we are going to live longer than this world? This world is going to pass away. But if you gain access to the kingdom of God, which is which won't be in heaven. So we don't teach that we are going to heaven. No, we teach that we are going to be a part of the kingdom of God. And Jesus already told you where that's going to be, because he said, our father, which art in heaven, thy kingdom come. So if the kingdom is coming. Where is it coming from? Coming from God in heaven and being established down here on this earth. I know these are bitter pills and hard pills to swallow, brothers and sisters, but all we're doing is establishing and reading the words for ourselves. We got other lessons that teach some of the things that we covered in more depth and more detail. <clears throat> and if you want those lessons, we can text them to you, but go on our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV, and all of our lessons are posted there. Brothers and sisters, from Egypt to America, stay under the blood and come out of her. The last thing I want to share with you is a story. <clears throat> and this story is about a truth and a lie. One day, truth and a lie went swimming together. And when last saw truth in the water naked, lie went and put on truth's clothing. And now what we have is a naked truth trying to catch up with the well-dressed lie. But we got him tonight, brothers and sisters. Oh, he was dressed up real sharp, clothed in truth. But we have uncovered and exposed his nakedness tonight, brothers and sisters. And now we can put the clothes back on truth where it belongs. I thank you so much for your time. For those who are watching via Facebook Live, thank you for tuning in. Please go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our YouTube YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV. It's right up there, Truth Hour TV. Now, for those of you who are on YouTube and you have a Facebook page, then please go join our Facebook page, The Truth Hour Bible Class. We are live every Tuesday at seven o'clock. If you want to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords truth hour to 
312-719-7310. Again, 312-719-7310. What that would do, brothers and sisters, is give you a reminder that we are about to go live and what the subject matter is for that particular lesson. Now, keep in mind, the Passover is this Thursday at sundown, brothers and sisters. Again, the Passover is this Thursday at sundown. So we're asking you to take the Passover with us. If you're in the Chicagoland area, then come with us to the Israel of God this Thursday evening. Friday at sundown starts the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We're asking you all to be in compliance with that. Do not eat any bread that has leavening in it for seven days. No cakes, no loaves of bread, or anything that has that leavening um, in it, brothers and sisters. And if you want to know how to do these things properly, then reach out to us and we can share these things with you and get that information so you can be in compliance with the word of God. With that being said, brothers and sisters, we're going to stand up, we're going to face Jerusalem, and we're going to go ahead and pray out. For those who are watching via YouTube, we thank you again. And again, all the information is right here. Look in the comment section of this video. We appreciate those of you who have sent in donations uh, for this Bible class. A few of you have contacted me and said, Brother Black Ice, I want to just give an offering. I'm not asking for any offerings, but for those who have sent in offerings, we definitely appreciate those offerings and we say thank you. With that being said, YouTube, we thank you for tuning in. God bless you and good night in Jesus' name. Now, for those who are on Facebook, we're going to go ahead, stand up, face Jerusalem, and we're going to go ahead and pray out. All right. Father God, we thank you again, Father God, for your spirit and for your truth, Father God. We thank you for your comfort and your peace of mind, Father God. Father God, you know best. You know what each and every one of us are going through at every given moment, Father God. Help us sustain, help us walk in your way and in your righteousness, Father God. We pray that this lesson tonight, Father God, was a revealing thing for those who watch and listen, that this information will help them, them to become better followers of, of, of your son, Jesus, and better sons and daughters of you, Father God. We pray this prayer in your son, Jesus' name, we also pray that those who watched and listened were edified and that you were glorified. In your son, Jesus, Yahshua name, amen. All right, brothers and sisters, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you and good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.